0: Coming up this week the writing has begun. I've just written the first 5,000 words of End of Men today. Also my first non-fiction project of 2020 is underway. I've started work on my podcast guide this week and I've resolved a couple of things that I've been dithering about. I'll let you know the outcomes in today's update. But first, we're back to the writing. Halfway through January, the first month of 2020, and it's taken me this long to start writing. But I've started pretty strong, actually, because I've written about 10,500 words so far this week. Let's start with Thursday's writing. I I was going to write, I told you last week that I was going to start writing End of Men today, Friday as I'm recording this. But it was quite obvious to me that the book was planned and I was ready to go. So, I decided at the beginning of the week that I would write on Thursday and Friday of this weekend of Mem. And then I would start my nonfiction book on Sunday. So I was all ready to go and I woke up on Thursday. I was lying in bed on Thursday. And on a Thursday, I go for an early morning run because I'm not at work that day. And also I booked a client in for the afternoon. And, and foolishly, I booked the client in from two till four in the afternoon. And as I was, thinking in bed, I thought that's really going to squeeze my time. Number one, I'm really nervous about the first day of writing this book. I'm always nervous on the first day of writing a book. Remember, it's what I call my fly or die period. Am I, is it going to work or is it just going to fall dead? And I, I run out of words and can't find anything to say because the story is so lame. So it was the fly or die day for End of Men. So I was already nervous about that. But as you know, uh, this is a literary science fiction book, by which I mean, it doesn't have super aliens and zapper guns and things like that it's actually slightly more cerebral so it's less based in action more in sort of dialogue and nuance or that's what I hope Um, so I just thought "Mm, that time's too squeezed today I'm a bit nervous about that and then I had one of these realizations that I have from time to time and I thought to myself look that makes no sense at all it makes much more sense for me to write my non-fiction on Thursday because I have no trouble with nonfiction. I know exactly what I'm going to write. I'm just got to get all the, all the thoughts out of my head in a particular order onto a page. So I swapped the days around. Uh, on Thursday, I wrote my nonfiction, the podcasting book that I've begun. And then today, I've just finished the first words for End of Men. So let's have a look at the Thursday writing first of all. So on Thursday, my word count was, I wrote in two batches, actually. I wrote 4,123 words before seeing the, my client. And then in the evening, I came back and write, wrote another 919. Now, if I'd have been clever, I would have added that up before I did the uh, the podcast, but I haven't added it up. So what is say? It's over 5,000 at 919 and uh, 4123 equals 5,042. So um, what I should say, though, about my my non-fiction is that I don't write to a word count when I do non-fiction. So what I've done with the non-fiction book, and at the moment, it's got a working title just because I can't think of anything different. And it's what I called my WordPress or my MailChimp books. I've called it Podcasts Unboxed. I don't think it will be that when we publish it, but I needed some title for it so I could title the document. So because I've already written WordPress Unboxed and MailChimp Unboxed, this is Podcast Unboxed, but I will probably come up with something a little bit more snappy than that. I may not, but that's the plan. So my aim is that I've got an introduction. I've got a sort of like an afterward, a, a kind of final thought. and so then I've got 12 chapters in between. So I've carved that up into seven days of writing two chapters that's how I'm going to write this non-fiction book and you know roughly speaking roughly speaking the word count of that book will probably be between 25,000 and 28,000 words so it's roughly 2,000 words per chapter now as i say when i write non-fiction because non-fiction if you want is is more finite than fiction in that it's it's simply a series of ordered thoughts on on the page um once I've written what I need to say, that's my words done. So it would be silly writing nonfiction to a word count, I feel. I mean, clearly it needs to have a, a minimum word count. It needs to be a certain number of words so I can sell the book at a certain price. And for me, that number of words for nonfiction, because I've got um, previous form with this, is 25,000 words. That's what my other books, I think, roughly were written to. I think some of them were even a bit shorter. Now, they had pictures in, but twenty five, twenty eight thousand 28,000 words is going to be fine for this non-fiction book. It's going to be a slim non-fiction guide. So, um i i kind of wrote up to 4123 words and then when i came back in the evening i decided to just flesh it out a little bit more just to take it up to 5000 um so you know those words came thick and fast and it's so different when i write non fiction when i write non fiction i don't get jittery about it because as i say it's just literally taking the, the words out of my head and putting them in a coherent form on the page but also i was writing with music on thursday i had cd's playing um because to me the The thought processes between fiction and non-fiction are just so different. I'm absolutely fine with music on when I write non-fiction, but I would not touch music. I need to write fiction in silence. I need a completely different environment to watch the fiction. So it's very, very very interesting doing non-fiction one day, 5,000 words of non-fiction one day and 5,000 words of fiction the other day. And writing fiction tires me more too. Now I find it much more of an effort, much more of a drain um, on the brain, so it's a really, really interesting contrasting those two things. So the podcasting book is underway. We're five thousand words in on that book, um, and I will write again. What I've decided to do is I've been a bit daft with clients. I'm, as as you know, I had intended not to be working by now. Um but, but I am. I extended to the end of January before just well, just before I, I went off for Christmas, because they haven't found my replacement yet or you know decided how they're going to manage my replacement and there are other things going on as well. So I said I'd extend till so January, which when I didn't have as much time as I thought. And i booked some clients from two till four. And actually on a writing day, because I really want to go for a run before I write on the Thursday, I really need to book my clients on a Thursday, uh, which is pretty well the only day I can squeeze them in, from three till five. And I've booked them for this week and next week too early. I've booked clients in two till four. So that squeezes my time. So for the next two weeks, until I can sort of adjust that and manage my time better, book the clients from three to five uh, I'm going to do non-fiction so I'll do non-fiction next Thursday too which means that I will be doing my fiction writing well this week I've done 5000 words already and I will write on Sunday and then next week I'll write my fiction on Friday and on Sunday and then I'll try to return to the pattern that I'd intended to do which is to write my um, fiction during the week when my wife's out at work during the week and then to write the non-fiction on a Sunday and when my wife's out at work she starts work from 12 till four I don't really like writing fiction that late in the day again with fiction I like to start first thing when I'm completely fresh, was with nonfiction, you know, frankly I could be writing it in the evening. It's just, I I vary so much between the the two kinds of writing. It's, It's very interesting really. So anyhow, I wrote End of Men today, and I was really nervous about that, uh, for the two reasons that I told you. You know, I'm always nervous at the start of a new book, and it's literary fiction. This is a real challenge for me. It's a real push for me in terms of style, that I'm not sure that I'm I'm up to it, frankly, which is why I said to you, it might never see the light of day, but I'm going to get it out of my system, because I'm under no um, you know pressure to write and publish anything this year. I got plenty of books out the the breadwinner if you want is going to be Left for Dead the Left for Dead Morecambe Bay trilogy um, uh, don't tell Meg that trilogy is still a breadwinner for me so those are uh, those are my core breadwinners at the moment uh, and because Left for Dead hasn't been featured on a book, book bub yet you know I got plenty of uh, sort of powder in my keg um, I don't need to be writing anything new because um, hopefully Touchwood if I can get if I get left for dead on the bookbub cycle, um, then that will sort of pay that could potentially pay its way like Don't tell Mega's done for, for, for two years and keep the cash kind of flowing very nicely. so that's my strategy with that, which is why I can take this quarter out to do something that is self-indulgent and might never make it past the finish post. That's why I'm working on end of men in this quarter. So, end of men um, went very well today. I'm really super hyper planned on this because I'm nervous about it. I have over planned it. So, when I started writing, I've got copious notes for the chapter. And in fact, um, you know, sometimes uh, I think it was on the last chapter, the, the first and last chapter, which is what, from the same character's point of view. Uh, I've got two points of view in this book, and it alternates between the chapters. Um, the, 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 the the first chapter and the second chapter. I beg your pardon. Sorry, the the prologue and and the second chapter. Um, I I kind of didn't have enough space to write the notes that I'd done. So I'm already behind on that storyline, whereas chapter one was fine. Um, you know, I, I, I had plenty of time to write the notes there. Um, I'm actually behind my storyline already by chapter two, because there was more, I needed, I should have written more into those chapters. And I take that as a good sign, because I, I thought actually I would struggle to, to, to write, because again, you know, it's less action. I can't just have a an alien flying through the ceiling, um, you know, <laughs> um, I'm only joking about that, by the way, but you know, figuratively, I can't just have an alien crashing through the ceiling uh, to stir the action up in this book, um, it is much, it's based around, uh, you know, much less action, more about relationships and things that happen, it's a much more cerebral book, but it, it's great to be in, and uh, I'm very happy with it, interestingly, uh the kind of the what's the nemesis it's not what's not the nemesis you've got the the antagonist the protagonist and the antagonist the antagonist in the story or one of the antagonists in the story at the moment interestingly um sort of feels like the strongest character I've, I've written two of her chapters i've only written one of the protagonist's chapters but her story you know her story will will grow um as the book progresses but you know it feels good it feels like we've set a firm course um the story sort of feels strong and substantial, and one of the things I am aware of with this because this is science fiction, and it's not sort of over stylized science fiction, but it does take place in a world, uh, a, a, you know, a human world, um, two hundred years in the future. And so, what I'm very, I'm very much aware that I'm using placeholders. So, you know, for instance, if if I were creating a Star Trek universe, you know, I I I, I might have called the spaceship, you know. Starship One, rather than the Enterprise, and I might have been using something like uh, phasers, but I couldn't come up with a decent name for them, so I called them Zapper Guns in my book, and and I very much use placeholder words like that at the moment. So this is about world world building. So I haven't quite decided how stylized this world is good to be. So so where I where I need to come up with um, you know people always in my in my sci-fi stories they've always got. You know, sort of screens. They're always working on screens. Sometimes I call them consoles. Sometimes they're called pads, and, and I might come up with a, a fancier uh, name for them. So, so really, um, I, I just really want to get the draft out, the story here, and then I will come back to it probably a couple of times with this one. I think this, you know, this will take more drafts. This one, the more layers of work but I will need to construct a very strong world around it. But I'm not bothering myself about that yet. I want to get the story out first to make sure there's a story there, because I can add that layer uh, later, you know, in post-production as, as kind of videographers tend to, a phrase that they tend to use. So um I, I sent the first three chapters to my wife today, you know, really just to say, you know, forget the names. Some of the names are going to change. I've got names too many names that end with an A. That doesn't bother me. They're just placeholders. I just need to know which character's which. And I've said, don't bother about some of the terminology that I've used for things. You know, it's clumsy at the moment. It's not, it's not brilliant. They're just placeholders. And, um, you know, I feel sorry for my wife because you've kind of got to read the thing and, and get over those. I, I find this perfectly simple to do. You know, as far as I'm concerned, my characters could be called A, B, C, and D. They're just placeholders. And, and I can come back when I'm ready to give them the proper names. And it's the same with the the universe building. You know, I can call the phaser, you know, item one, item two, item three. It doesn't bother me so long as I, I know what I'm referring to. I could always go back retrospectively and come up with something better for those words. But they're not going to be blockers. You know, I'm not going to spend a day trying to work out what the city's called because I, I haven't worked that out yet. I'm not going to waste a day, you know, trying to do some blue sky thinking on that when I could be writing the story. Uh, And I have no doubt that will come to me as I'm writing the story. So I'm I'm trusting, is it trusting emergence that they say? I'm trusting emergence with that at the moment. And because there's no rush with this, I can take my time with it. So I really, you know, really enjoyed doing that. I'm always very nervous before I start writing. I'm feeling pleased with myself because I've got two books started this week. Um, No problem with the podcasting book. Uh, You know, it's all, I've just been setting it up, really doing the bits about, you know, why I should be telling you this, about my experience, setting out my stall. And I can't wait to get tucked into that. I'll have no problem with that. It's literally I just have to turn up and write the words. And with End of Men, um, it's gone off. Feels like it's gone off to a strong start. I feel like I've, I've, you know, I've got a real firm grasp on the story, and um, you know, I'm ready to carry on um, writing and, and writing. You're just writing the next bits now. So it feels like a really good start to the week. And you know, if it feels like I'm late to get back to my writing in 2020, 2020 as I keep forgetting to call it. Um. I started writing late last year. If you if you recall, I wrote three, I wrote a science fiction trilogy between January and March last year. And we were in Spain till quite late last year. I keep having the Facebook pictures coming in. So we, we were there almost, you know, halfway through January, I think, last year. So I didn't start writing last year till this, this time. So, um, you know, there's still plenty of time to squeeze lots of books in before the end of 2020. That's this week's writing then. And the other thing I should tell you is that I did agree to, this is one of these things I've been dithering about that I told you about in the introduction. I did agree that I would continue my day job working this week, and I'm going to continue working now until the 4th of March, and the 4th of March definitely will be my last working day. That's my formal salaried working day, my final P-A-Y-E working day. That's what I'm referring to. Because I take my pension in March when it's my birthday. So, so definitely the fourth is my final PAYE working day. So, um, how that will pan out then is you already knew I was working to the end of January. In February, we're going for a trip to Amsterdam in the middle of the month. So what I've said to work is, look, you know, pay me a month on salary, pay me for February. But I will, but because of the leave works in a slightly different way, I think I accrue 1.25 days leave, which I need to spend as I go along. What I've done is I've done a little deal with them. I go in late on a Tuesday morning so I can go for a run. So every Tuesday, I've basically taken a quarter of my leave for the month and I go into work at 11 o'clock that way. So I have a nice late start on a Tuesday. Um, and although I haven't been for a run yet, um, notionally that time is for me to go for a run on a Tuesday before I start work so I will be doing that all the way through February as well I'll also take a week out mid-February to go for a trip to Amsterdam which means just to make up that kind of uh, time that they're paying me for I will need to make that holiday time up on the 2nd 3rd and 4th of March that's why it's extending slightly into March it just keeps the numbers simple. It just means they pay me a salary in February and then they take me off the books. It just keeps everything, um, you know, life simple for everybody, including payroll. So um, I will finish on the 4th of March. Now that clearly has squeezed my time again. And because of that, I've been doing some shuffling. Um, and, and there's one thing that will probably drop off the end as a result of that. So there's also something else come up this week. So th- this thing that I can't tell you about that's been... <laughs> been hovering around for a long time and I might be able to speak about it soon but but not yet something that's still blowing in the wind and um that that kind of reared its head again this week so for all of these reasons what I've done is I want to make sure that the first draft of end of men is written by the end of quarter one so I've shuffled my diary so the end of men will now be written and completed on the 29th of March now if you if you pay very close attention to these diaries you will know that uh, I was good to let that run about two weeks into April but now it has to be finished in this quarter as does the non-fiction book so I've now squeezed my time to have 90,000 words written by the end of March in my fiction book, but also I want to have my non-fiction book written by the end of March as well. So these projects need to be completed within this quarter. So uh, that means then uh, that what's going to drop off the end this quarter is me recording the audio book. That's what's going to drop off the end. Now, I'm not too concerned about that because the more I think about it, the more, isn't it Ridiculous, You know, somebody who spent his whole life broadcasting. You see, the the thought, the difference between me sitting here talking to you and not fussing around over editing it and things like that, because, you know, generally you're looking about three to four hours of editing work for every hour of audio that you produce, which is why I don't edit this podcast. It would just take me too long if I edited everything out of it. And, and you'd never get a podcast if I did that. So you have to excuse me and, and sort of take it as it comes. Otherwise we're not going to get a podcast. Um, but if I were doing posh, if I were doing it posh, then it would take me ages to get the edits done. All the false starts, all the swallows, all the, all those bits, all those bits would have to go and it would need to be audiobook perfect. And the more I think about it, the, the less I'm up for it, to be honest with you. It's only because I'm, uh, I know how much work is going to be involved in it. And, and I am, I am still dithering a little bit about it because as I've started to write the nonfiction book, I write my non-fiction books in very short sections. They're short, manageable section, uh, bite-sized chunks, as you would describe them, because I, I want you to get through the book real easy. I don't want it to be a hard academic read. I want you to fly through it and get all the information out of it as soon as possible. So I intentionally write it with lots of headlines and sub-headlines. As I've been r- writing the book, I'm looking at it thinking, well, you know, there's only a chunk of about 300 words in that subsection. So if I just took my time with it and... and did a couple of subsections every now and then, and then stopped when I was bored. Eventually, I'd probably work my way through it. So I, I may do that and just take any kind of time pressure off and just do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, and stop when I'm fed up with it, rather than flog it, flog it, flog it, which is what I would have had to do at the end of the month. Or what I'm keener to do, to be honest with you, is I'm hoping these guys with this AI voice test beta testing that they're doing. I'm hoping I'll be able to raise them, get some response from them and that they'll let me do um, a demo using my own voice sampling for the AI and just let me feed the book through. Now I tried it through Amazon Polly. I don't know if you've heard of Amazon Polly, but Amazon Polly would allow me to drop my text into an AI to, to let an English male or female AI voice up my book, and and then to release that. But to be honest with you, it's still too robotic. I tried it last night because I I was just checking through Joanna Penn's notes on AI. I couldn't recall what it was that she, you know, she, she's she's mentioned all these services, but I had contacted Joanna and said, "Who's who's doing the um." the AI that uses your voice. And she gave me the details for that. But they're they're kind of dragging their feet getting back to me, which is never a good sign, is it? When people drag their feet and don't respond. So it would be nice. It would be nice if I could just use my voice, my speech rhythms with an AI beta test, and then I could try publishing that audio book. Um, That's kind of what I'd really like to do. Failing that, it may not get done at all. And I just published the book. Failing that, I may just because I'm now on, on the squeeze to get End of Men done and this book written by the end of March, and I got a lot of other things coming up in this month because I've really just squeezed my time by extending work by another month. And um, I may just say, Well, that's fine, I'll just do it as and when, and when it's ready, it can get published. So, it's, so the, the, what's suffering for that extra week of work, the extra month of work, is going to be the audiobook. Now, the other thing that I don't know is that um, I, I, I tell you, I'm pretty well committed to the end of March, I got so much on in March because you know we're going to London for uh, Mark Dawson's event uh, we've also got London Book Fair coming up in March I'm going to do that park run in Paris as well I've got some corporate training that I booked in when I've got more free time, remember, this isn't retirement, this is just stopping PAYE work, that's probably the easiest way to express it, Um, I'm going to London to do another park run, it's my birthday in March, I'm taking some days off then, so with those books being written, and the editing, the re-editing work, which I'll talk to you about in a moment, March is pretty packed, to be honest with you, so I think that, you know, really, it's not until April that I'm going to get any kind of feel about how my time is going to pan out in this post paye employment world. Because remember, I've still got my contracts. They won't fill up every day. They'll they'll just I'll have a you know I don't know how many clients I'll have. It's difficult to know because I, I've tended to cut the back while I've been doing PAYE work. Um, but you know I'll have a, I'll have clients on maybe a couple of clients every week. I'll be writing. it's difficult to say so I'll have to get a feel for this brave new world and how it balances but I would expect to have what I'm what I'm trying to tell you is that I expect to have probably quite a lot of time after April and that's probably going to be better time for me then to record that audiobook so I'm cutting myself some slack on the audiobook I think that you know that's the thing that is going to get squeezed out by this change in arrangements. Okay, so let's move to some editing. And in the introduction, I did say to you that I've was i been dithering about a few things they've been pending for a while. And I can tidy a few of these things up for you today. So I've been editing in the evenings this week, two years after. Now, just to remind you, two years after is the book that's either getting five-star reviews or one-star reviews. It's a chalk cheese book. It has more five stars than it has one stars. But some people have described it as as hateful and horrible, which it does pretty well tell you in the introduction because it has a pretty strong ending. Um And then other people say, we love it, we love it. And, and so I've been dithering about what I'm gonna do with that book. Well, I've been working through the book this week and there were a few things that I said that I would take on board and I would consider a tweak and I've done those. But to be honest with you, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking this is a good type book. I'm happy with it. I have made some very minor changes, just bearing in mind... The comments that one of the feedbacks made, um, you know, just really to acknowledge and take account of that. Um, but it, it doesn't feel to me like it needs a lot. It, I'm reading it thinking, oh, it's a good story. This, I'm quite happy with this. It's tight. It gets on with it. You know, it's tense. It brings in all the, the bits at the right moment. You know, yes, it's a strong story. It's supposed to be. It, that's, it tells you that in the description. So, um, so I haven't made many changes to it. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I'm quite happy with this. You know, this, this feels like a good tight edit. And um, as far as the final chapter is concerned, that will get its gentle rewrite, but I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to give the book a happy ending. I'm going to leave it longer. I don't think I've got enough feedback on it to make a decision on that. So I'm, I'm I'm probably not going to republish the book. I'm not going to make a version two. I'm probably going to leave it as it is in its original version one. I will change the file. I'm going to leave the one-star reviews on, and again, another reason for doing that is it's still my number one best-selling book. You know that that book is—I'm not advertising it; it's selling itself, that book. Um and, and although it hasn't got a heap of reviews on it at the moment, I, you know, I—I I, I wonder whether the chalk and cheese of it is—is is what's selling the book. You know, that that kind of that very strong reaction from people I'm, I'm wondering if if maybe that's what's intriguing people about the book but it's very definitely by a clear lead my best selling book at the moment so i don't want to kind of sh- shoot the you know shoot the what is it shoot the whatever it is <laughs> whatever the saying is i don't want to shoot myself in the foot that's basically what i'm saying so this the book will get the edit but i'm going to leave the the strong ending on it i'm just going to change one or two minor factors in that ending um, just, it'll get softened a little bit, but it'll still have its disturbing ending. It just won't be quite, it is quite sinister at the end. And uh, I'll, I'll maybe just soften it a little bit. And then I'm going to submit it. I'm not. I'm going to submit it in that form to Sarah Hardy for my kind of blog tour. Now, these are hardened uh, crime reviewers. These, it's usually ladies who have the blogs. I haven't yet encountered a man who's done one. Um, these blog reviewers, they know their crime. And so really... I guess what you know what I'll have to hope is that they that they like the book and review it well and I'll probably let them be the last jury. Now if they condemn me and they tell me it's horrible and you know disgusting and it shouldn't be allowed then I will take the voice from that jury and I'll go back and rewrite at the end. Um but if they like it if I get sort of more yays than nays then I'll stick with it and leave it with its strong ending. I mean, the reason I'm keen to keep the strong ending is—is is, um, you know, I got a bit of feedback. Somebody had read my female-led box set the other day, and they'd they'd read it. I'll I, I see if I can find the review while I'm chatting. But they're pretty well said. Uh, they'd, they'd marked it five stars, and they're pretty well said. All these stories are different, um, and I, you know, that's I want my stories to be different. I don't want them to be. Uh, formulaic. I want you to read each story and think, you know, blimey, that wasn't like anything else that I've read from him before. Let's find this, this review for you. But I was, some of these reviews, you find them quite heartening. So this lady has put, um, five stars, three gates, st- uh, three great stories, would give more stars if I could. All the stories were different. Um, they were so good, I couldn't stop and have a break. Had to reach, uh, read each story in one go. Terrific. Now, I would say that those, um, female led stories, if anything are the stories I've had more problems with not not problems but they're the ones um and it's not because they're female led they're the stories that I'm least certain about, but it's not because they've got female protagonists um so you so i i that feedback's fantastic for me to say that all the stories are different you know not it's not just me rinsing and repeating the same thing, and that's why I'm sticking to this strong ending on two years after because if you've read all my books now you know I've got a lot of thrillers I want to be able to surprise you as a reader I I know readers come to authors because they expect a certain thing but but I've always wanted to twist and change and surprise I, I don't like doing the same thing all the time so you know to me if you were reading all of my books and you, and you thought you were in for one kind of thing, two years after would just disrupt that. And it, it, it's like, I can remember in Star Trek, The Next Generation, forgive me if you're not a Star Trek fan. It's, it's the point I'm trying to make here. It's not about Star Trek, but in Star Trek, The Next Generation, I think it was in season one, Tasha Yar, which was one of the main characters, uh, died, was killed and died. And in, in sort of Star Trek at that time, and frankly, in most dramas at that time, you never lost a hero. There was never any jeopardy among the lead players. And so for a lead player to, to die was just exceptional. And, and it, and it just jolted you out of your comfortable position. And that's why I want to keep two years after as it is, unless it really just divides people so strongly. And, and there's more of a universal sense of we, we really don't like this ending. Then I want to leave it as it is because, you know, I want that to be a book. That makes readers who've read all of my books feel like I've got some surprises up my sleeve, and that actually we don't quite know what he's going to do. And uh, you know, to me, that's quite a strategic thing um, on on my part. So um, I'll finish two years after. Well, actually, it's going so well, and the, the edit's so light. I mean, I'm you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. It's, it's 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 a good edit, and I'm pleased with the story. Um, so I'll probably I wasn't I've gone up to chapter nineteen last night I've been doing it in the evenings um to be honest with you it, it's sort of going so well and it's so it's not problematical I'm enjoying the story I was going to come back and do it Monday and Tuesday finish it Monday Tuesday next week but in actual fact I think I'm going to do another five chapters tonight after I've got this recorded and edited and probably I'll do another five chapters when I get back from a part run um tomorrow I think so that will be two years after it in its kind of final form pre going through the Sarah Hardy blog review process, uh, that, that's going to be ready, which means next week, I'm going to come back to No More Secrets, which is another of my female led ones. And again, you know, that there's, there's been no problems with the reviews. Um, I think I did get one review on there. Uh, Again, not enough reviews on these thrillers. Some of these thrillers are still not getting enough reviews for me really to make a judgment, but there's nothing wrong with that book, but I think I could make it better. That, that's, that's all I feel with No More Secrets. I, I just, it, it it didn't have it didn't really have a killer at the end. The conclusion of that book is is pretty well that, that three people did it and they did it through errors that were motivated by bad parts of their personality. Uh, and I'm just going to review that again because I might make that cleaner. Uh, there is a baddie in it, but I just might make the baddie the killer. I, I just want to read it again and 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 reconsider it. But I know when I read it before I re-released it because it was called Burden of Guilt. It was re-released as No More Secrets. I know when I read it, I went through it. And I thought, you know, this is this book's uh, fine. It's it's got the tension in. It's got the story. It's got the who done it. Um, again, just like uh, two years after, I think there are a few things I am just going to tweak. Nothing structural at all. Just a few stylistic things um and then i will i will i won't re-release that book i will just make it live again i've unpublished it at the moment i'll just republish it with the changes made so i just want to review that book one more time see if i can just get it so i'm completely happy with it so i'll probably get back to that uh from monday that's what i'll be doing in the evenings next week Okay, let's go on to the um, other bits of news. We're actually talking about two years after that is out of KDP Select. today. it was due to be out of KDP, KDP Select. I was due to unpublish it and do that version two release. So I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I think I'll just leave it up for sale, uh, probably, and try and get more feedback on it. And if you know, if if something makes me decide prior to giving it to Sarah Hardy, when does Sarah get it? It's a couple of weeks time, I think. Yes, I need to deliver it to Sarah Hardy on the 3rd of February. So I'll probably leave it live until the 3rd of February, just see if we can get a bit more feedback on it, maybe unpublish it and then republish it just before uh, Sarah does her, her blog tour reviews on it. So, uh, you know, again, all of this is is, is flexible. Um, I just wanted to share some feedback, I've, I you know, as well as the, the, the one stars on two years after. I've had some just lovely bits of feedback. I was really pleased with that box set one I just told you about. But, um, you know, I told you that I've been promoting Left for Dead in, in Facebook. And um, and I've been promoting it to just women, women in the UK and women who live in a certain radius of Walkham, who like thrillers. And it's been fascinating. I mean, you know, what I said to you about the difference between the way men and women use social media, this book's just got loads of comments um, in, in the adverts. Um, and it's only a you know, it's an advert for a book of, of women passing it on to their friends, you know, mentioning their friends. And then those who've read it have been commenting on it, saying how much they've enjoyed it. It's been really, you know, really nice. I never had that on Facebook before. Um, but there was a lady this week who commented and, you know, really, if, if you, if you were to dream up the review that you wanted for a book, this would be it. So I wrote the Morecambe Bay trilogy. It was kind of inspired by watching the Bay on UK TV, which is set in and around Morecambe, a place where I used to teach and where I used to live for years, um, close to where I, I met my wife and, um, you know, a place I still visit and love. Um, I've got a very sort of strong uh, connection with Walkham. So when I saw the bay on television, I was seeing all these locations that I recognized. It just inspired the book Left for Dead. And I, I took the experiences that my wife and I had had working there on a holiday camp in the eighties and turned that into a, a trilogy. And so, um, you know, it was very much inspired by the bay on TV. And so in my adverts, I've, I've basically said, you know, did you enjoy the bay? Then read this. That's, that's the kind of tone I've been going for in the adverts. Well, this lady, put a comment on this week saying this trilogy would make a great TV series with a better storyline than the Bay. Now, you know, you could not write for me a better review for that series of books, because that would be my aspiration for it, that you would write, a t- you would have a TV series for it, and it would be set in and around um, Walker Bay. And then the lady just underneath it has uh, confirmed brilliant book with a twist. So I've had some lovely feedback from those um, Facebook adverts. Um, so... It's just been um, educational and very nice for me. There's been no trolling on there at all. Just lots of people either sharing it with friends or saying how much they've enjoyed it when they've read it or how much they can't wait for the next instalments to come. So yeah, been a very interesting Facebook experience that. You may remember that before Christmas, I interviewed Kirsten Oliphant who writes or has the podcast Creative Writing. And just to refresh your memory, Kirsten um, had never really made much money as an author before. She was kind of, uh, um, she did sort of coaching and she did internet marketing and she dabbled a bit with writing, but she'd never had any great success uh, with it. She just had a mediocre success, like most of us experience. And then she'd started writing a billionaire romance and she'd had a $10,000 month and, and the money had started rolling in and she'd started to see that success that we all kind of aspire to. And at that point, that's when I interviewed Kiss and for my for my podcast and i noticed that she hadn't done a podcast episode for a while and i just assumed that we, she was probably so busy raking in the thousands of dollars with her successful books that she probably hadn't got time for it that she just decided to to ditch it and focus on the the main money making activity in her business well as tends to happen with podcasters um, an episode popped into the feed out of the blue last weekend episode 175 and it's a fascinating listen. And I would encourage you to give it a spin. Take it out for a whirl because in that episode, Kirsten basically tells her what tells us what she's been up to. And what she's been up to is not raking in those thousands and thousands of dollars. It's actually been to a certain extent licking her wounds because the number of sales that she's made has gone right down from that $10,000 mark um, down to what she says, obviously is, is a perfectly, um, Happy level about the two thousand dollars mark uh, there the, or thereabouts, but it 's completely dropped, and at the point at which she thought she'd made it, at the point at which she'd finally got the traction that we all dream of, it didn 't happen for her and what she does in this episode is she talks through that and her feelings around that, but she also explains why she thinks that happened and, and the um, the focus of the episode is on sustaining. Book sales and yourself, so we can all have these. You know, this is this is probably the, the pain I'm in at the moment is that I can have those peaks. I can get a, a book bub, and when it's on a new book, you know, it can make it can make you know good money, uh, really really good money for you, and then you get a good three months from it. But then it peters out, and then and it's like it never happened with the book sales. You're back to your level where you were before. And this is really what my pain is at the moment is trying to even that out more and and again using the Facebook ads has has helped me um, to a certain extent to do that and and on my objectives for quarter one I want to go back in I want to go through Mark Dawson's Facebook ads and Amazon ads and I want to try again again to throw myself back into the ring and try and crack these the thing is my interest is so low on it that, that that's why I struggle with it you know I don't really keep it up and sustain it anyhow Kirsten's episode it's just one of those really frank and educational ones. She talks about her 10K month, how she felt when, when that started to drop. She explains why she thinks it began to drop. She gives some insights into the, you know, her reality. Um, you know, if you'd have heard her saying 10,000K in a month, you'd have probably been quite envious of her. I certainly was, and I was hanging on to her every word. But, you know, here she is a couple of months later. She thought that she would be, you know, a six figure author in a year's time. And she's done her anniversary episodes and she made that 10,000 and said, it's just not like that. It's just, it's just dropped right back to normal levels again. So I think it's a really interesting episode. And also she's going back to doing coaching and she's running a series of $50 courses uh, for authors. Now, you know that I don't do this because I can't stand doing the support around it. Um, but if you want... Uh, courses and input around things like author platforms, email marketing. Kirsten really knows her stuff. She's uh, you know a, a marketer who does the same sort of things as me. When I listen to Kirsten, I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. You know, that's what I think too. So she's we're very much uh, singing off the same hymn sheet. And you know, I don't get a kickback on this, but I just thought I'd let you know that she's running a series of fifty dollar. Uh, courses. And if you want to do a deep dive on something like your author platform or doing email marketing, all those sorts of things, then you could do worse than to just check out Kirsten's blog and her newsletter and her podcast, uh, you know, to sort of get to grips with that and maybe sign up for a course or two. Um, I told you last week that I was postponing submitting Left for Dead to BookBub because I just wanted to, I, I, I wanted to, if, if I did get it, if I was lucky enough to get it straight away, I wanted that income to fall into the next financial year. Well, it's past the fifteenth of the month now, and usually you get about usually get about two weeks' notice. And I'm so excited to get the ball rolling with this. You know, I know they'll probably knock me back, but I couldn't resist it. I, I submitted "Left for Dead" to Bookbub, and. uh I haven't had a reply yet. If I'm checking my emails, every time I get an email in as I'm talking to you now, I'm I'm checking them because they might get back to me either today or tomorrow. And, um, you know, clearly I'm I'm keen to share that with you if I can, if it hits the the deadline for this podcast. So Left for Dead has been submitted. I have kept it, um, Amazon exclusive, which I know always makes it slightly more difficult to get a book bub but it, it's um frankly it's easier for the money um you, you see the money coming into one source you see the reads and basically what's in your console is what you're going to get whereas when you um when you go wide and you do a book bub I I've had to, I'll tell you about this week's book bub in a moment or two when you go wide you've got bits of income coming into draft the digital into publish drive into kobo into amazon so it it's quite difficult to sort of tot up Tot up your money and know what you've made from a single promotion, but also things like draft to digital are always, always running behind. So you get your draft to digital, you see it in your dashboard 24 hours after. So it's always much more exciting to do a first book bub in. KDP select so that you just see the numbers sort of soaring up in your dashboard that's that's the most exciting way to do it so I have gone amazon select and I will try it a couple of times with amazon select but I I really want to get if I can one at least one book in on the left for dead series before we go inverted commas, before we we go to Spain which I think is, is you know it's probably going to happen um before we go to Spain in November. Um, that would be very, very useful for, for cash flow purposes. Now, I have been running a book bub this week. Um, that has been on the secret bunker one. It's been in the horror section, which I don't really want it to be in. Uh, I'd, I'd like to, now it's had its second outing in the horror section. I think I'm going to sort of push for it to go into sci-fi and reject horror. It's not the right place for it. I don't care what book Bob say. It needs to be in sci-fi, that book. It's a dystopian book. Um, but it still makes sales, having said that. Um, so my, my Draft the Digital dashboard has gone up. So in Draft the Digital, I sell on Nook and I sell on Apple Books. And my January unit sold... Uh, are showing 1896 that's pretty well that's pretty well what I've done this week um, through Apple and through Nook and my wife monitors the Apple store for me and I'm pretty sure was I number two in Apple I can't remember I think it was number one or number two in Apple um, I think it was number two, if I remember correctly. I, I don't want to give you the wrong information. Let me just, I posted an image of it and I can't remember where I posted an image of it. I think I was number two in, in iBooks or whatever they call it. Is it Apple Books? They call it these days. Uh, let me just see if I can find the, the screenshot on my very slow loading Facebook, uh, page. I put, I put a load of screenshots on my author page. Um, I was number, so I can tell you that in Amazon, I hit number one in my categories in India, Canada, Australia, UK and US um, so I got to number 1s in all the free categories in Amazon and yes I was number 2 of all free books in iTunes now I may have been number 1 at some point but we didn't we didn't see it and I know this sounds really blase but it doesn't bother me that much I I usually on the launch day have a quick look just to see how I'm doing um, and then after that, I, it doesn't really bother me because the kind of the vanity element of being at number one in free um, has gone for me now. I don't sort of feel that that same excitement. I look at it more of a, a job of work to say, am I number one? Because I would expect to be after a book bub. And I, and I was in all those territories um, which is fine. Uh, so I'm where I should be. And then, um, you know, really, I know that I'll stay at number one for a certain period of time, and that that will then decay. And um, and I'm really then looking at the, the, the income, the buy-throughs on my dashboard. That's really what I'm interested in next. So I, I know that might sound a little bit blasé to you if you haven't had uh, you know, a book bub before, but, uh, I think this is, this is my seventh or eighth book bub. So that, you know, I kind of know, I know kind of how it, how it flows really now. So if I'm looking at the secret bunker now, this is Friday I'm recording this. So yeah, I'm still in the UK. Is it UK? Yeah, I'm number one in dystopian sci-fi, two in post-apocalyptic, two in military sci-fi. Let's have a look in the States. you, you know, you, it holds you there for quite a while. And that will give you sort of natural traction. In the States, I'm two in military sci-fi, three in dystopian sci-fi, three in teen and young adult ebooks. I don't remember listing it in that, but who, who cares? Um, and then what else is there? .ca. Let's try .ca. I, I usually drop faster in .ca. Oh, <laughs> shows you what I know, doesn't it? In Canada, I'm number one in military sci-fi, number one in post-apocalyptic, number one in dystopian. Let's try Australia. I'll just keep my mouth shut up, Australia, because I would have expected to drop. Uh, What is it? Amazon.au? Is it .com in Australia? I can't remember what AU is. I'm going to struggle to find it. If I'm going to struggle to find it, I won't look. Um, I don't know where I am in Australia, and I'll be somewhere in India as well. So, um, you know, but in the the two main territories, which are UK and the US, um, even four days after the BookBub, you know, I'm still nice and high in the charts, and I'll, I'll be finding that natural traffic. Um, because I'm high in those free charts. Um, so that will take as long as it takes. Um, and, and clearly, clearly, as far as I'm concerned with the book bub, I want to be shifting a lot of books in that first two, two days that I want to be shifting a lot of books. Um, because, um, uh, I'm playing for the read through and then instantly in my dashboard. Uh, The Secret Bunker 2 and The Secret Bunker 3. They've rocketed to the front. Um, uh, Interestingly, it had a head start on them, I guess, but two years after it's still my bestseller this month. But Secret Bunker 2 and Secret Bunker 3 are my number two and three bestsellers, and they're now exceeding everything um, that I've got. And that's what I would expect from a book bub. And How I will judge this book, Bub, is, um, and by the way, I've made my money back on it already, and and, uh, just doing a rough calculation exceeded it, I think. Um, That's it already. Really, what I make from this is determine by the buy-throughs. It's the number of sales I make on the Secret Bugger 2 and 3. Now, what I always have to remember is I'm not just looking at the Amazon numbers. I have to look at the draft, the digital numbers as well. I have to look at the Kobo numbers as well. And I have to look at the published drive numbers as well to get the final tally. So actually, I can tell you with great confidence, I have, um, you know, exceeded what it cost me to run the promo. So we're now running in profit. Now, what, what will determine the success of this bookbub now is how long those buy-throughs to books two and three continue. So I what I've succeeded in doing is getting a lot of copies of book one into a lot of hands. At the moment, those copies are sitting on people's uh, Kindles. What I need them to do now is read the blasted book. So a number of those won't even touch the book. They'll forget it's there and save it for later. A lot of people would have seen it and think, oh, I've got to read that and they'll start reading it. Some people will hate it. Some people will love it. So we're losing people all the time. And so of the people who love it, my success or failure in this will be determined by how many people read it, loved it, and then go through to read books two and three. And I can see from my reviews on books two and three, which are both um, almost five star, uh, when you look at the stars, they're as good as five stars. Um, you know, people who like book one tend to really enjoy book two and three, because it's more of the same sort of thing. Um, so that's really what I'm relying on, um, that that kind of read through. So t- too early to say yet, but um, you know, it's doing what I would expect it to do, but it doesn't do as well as a thriller does. And it doesn't do as well as a book in sci-fi does, which is why I don't really want it in horror. Really, I want it to go into sci-fi. So that's where we're up to with book bubs. And uh, hopefully, well, fingers crossed, touch wood and all of that, if I'm really, really, really lucky, I might be telling you that I've got a book bub on Left for Dead this time next week. But I, I doubt it'd be very lucky to get a book bub on that, I think. I've been dithering again about not going about whether I'm going limited company or not next year. I had one of my sort of moments of clarity, did some back of back of the fag packet calculations last week, and decided that due to our, our Spain plans, I don't think it's going to be necessary this year for me to to go limited. I think it will be a, a, a complication that I don't need. So I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay um as a sole trader this year. The reason for that is, is that my, if we go to Spain, my wife will be taking a half year career break. Um And when she takes a career break, that means obviously she she won't have income for that year. So I th- will be able to transfer my married couple's tax allocation over to her. And I think that should take care of things. <laughs> uh, you know, back at back at the fact, Back of the fag packet kind of calculation now the the other thing that occurred to me that you know if I had a kiss dollar for ten thousand dollar a month and I'm suddenly looking at you know if something happened that that, that and something everything kicked off all of a sudden and i had I suddenly had a month where I thought, oh, oh, look at this, this is suddenly fired for whatever reason it was, then of course, I told you the answer to this last week, I get two months' warning of that because I don't take my income from Amazon for another two months after actually accruing those sales. So if anything did happen that was going to substantially change that, I could very quickly pivot to becoming a limited company. You know, I could do that really quickly, um, because I know which accountancy service I would use. I know how I'd do that. So. I just decided that if I go limited, it's always an extra level of complication with making tax digital. All of these things now—you uh, know—limited companies are going into quarterly filing and and uh, and all these sorts of things. Whereas as a sole trader, you're not in quarterly filing. I know this is very boring if you're in the U.S., um, but there's all these things that you've got to consider. And I've just decided that I will probably squeeze another sole trader year out. I think mainly because my wife's not going to be working for six months, and that should allow us to get through to another tax year. Okay, I think. But if not. I'm always going to get two months warning of a very high earning month if I get one of those, um, in which case I can pivot if I need to. So that's the kind of final decision on whether to go limited company or not. I put the uh, Morecambe Bay Trilogy, that's been on pre-order, I put it on pre-order. If you recall, you'd be forgiven for forgetting this because there's been a lot of water under the bridge, but I am certainly for the first couple of months of this year, I am maintaining my rapid release sequence. So I'm going to be doing what will probably be my final rapid release book will probably be, I'm just checking that that's right, is it right? Yeah, it'll probably be So Many Lies version two on the 27th of April, that's currently my final rapid release book. That would be rapid release book 16. So we did the first, was it nine books were weekly and then all subsequent books, so books nine to 16 would have been in 28 day cycles. And I would have maintained that cycle from September. Well, that cycle will end on the 27th of April. I'd have maintained that cycle, you know, with a few kind of slights of hand in there. Um, I will have maintained that cycle to that point. And to be honest with you, um i I will maintain the cycle just frankly for the sake of it um but but I can tell you you know really rapid release didn 't particularly do very much for me if it did anything for me, it was that it forced me uh to get um, to to level up all my thrillers you know to write another trilogy to do all the things strategically that it has been good for me to do and um, I certainly haven 't suffered as a result of doing this um and in actual fact you know, i 'll share a piece of information with you now uh that I was going to hang on to. I, this morning, do you remember I said to you that I wanted to generate the income within my business to pay for me to go to Spain for five months? Well, I can tell you that I reached that point this morning. With last, with yesterday's sales in Amazon, I am going to be able to take the income out of my business account to pay for my accommodation for five months in Spain over winter. So um, I was, I'd given myself 10 months to do that. So, you know, Rapid Release has not been unkind to me. It just didn't give me the kind of numbers that I wanted to in terms of what Adam Nichols had achieved. I wanted to be six figures. It definitely didn't do that. Uh, but the actions that I set up around Rapid Release, you know, that is Facebook advertising, um, Amazon advertising, doing all the email promos, getting all those books done, creating the trilogy, just having some new releases of the sort of you know excitement and activity around those. That has very definitely bumped up my, my ongoing income. You know, even though I'm not excited about it yet, it's not where I want it to be. Um, to the extent that before the end of the first month of the year, I could tell you that I'm going to be taking the money out of the business to pay for my five months in Spain already. Um, and that was one of the targets that I said I wanted to achieve is that I want my books to pay for very tangible things and the first very tangible things my books are paying for since rapid release is going to be five weeks in spain in winter and i will be paying that bill by the end of january because i get a substantial discount on the accommodation if i do that so that's that's why i'm particularly pleased to be at this stage uh before January's out because the bill I'm gonna be paying the bill for that accommodation. Uh it gives me something like a thousand euros discount if I book it ahead. So it makes sense obviously to to book that way ahead. So um you know I'm 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 feeling um I'm very pleased with that. Uh, You know I'm still not where I want to be, but I did say to you I've got to start taking tangible benefits out of this business. And that first tangible benefit is going to be five months in the sun in Spain. And that will be generated buy books. Okay. So we're not where I want to be, but it's generating enough to, to make some changes, you know, to, to, to create some nice things, uh, that I can take out of the business. So, um, that was a long way round of telling you <laughs> that I have put the, the three Walker Bay trilogy books together, created the box set, and that is now on pre-order for the third of February. Now that, that, frankly, that book has no purpose. I won't, um, I won't be, uh, pushing it I won't be uh, promoting it its purpose is merely strategic um, in that it's another release it's another sort of bump for Amazon it's another brand new book for Amazon but I want to make sure that the trilogy is available for when I you know touch wood if I get a book bub the trilogy needs to be available and also I did say to you that as soon as all my books are have had their second edit um, so i I've, what have I got to go through? I've just, I'm about to finish two years after I'm moving on to no more secrets. I'm going to go to so many lies and I just want to do a final point of view sweep on friends who lie. So by the end of March, I am hoping to be able to, if I haven't, uh, this is only if I've had a book bug by then, um, a book has to come first. I then want to try John Cronshaw's technique of putting all of my thrillers into one mega box set. And selling it for 99 pence and cents and getting the reads from it on prime that's going to be the next thing so i'll be able to do that from the end of march but the actual date at which i put it live will be determined by when i've had a book bub because i want to get the book bub first squeeze the life out of that book bub and all the earning potential i can get from that and then when i've done that i want to put this mega box out on following john cronshaw's lead with his mega box set that's worked so successfully for him to see if i can replicate that and you'll notice that um you know what i do what i did with rapid release was i I saw Adam Nichols having success. I did exactly what he did, tried to re- repeat it. Um, you know, John's. Um, if you listen to John uh, Cronshaw's podcast, you'll hear John talking about the success he's having with that uh, at the moment. And so where I see people um, having success with certain strategies, clearly I want to give them a try and see if I can replicate that. Um, uh, and, th- and so that's what I plan to do. So that's another one up for pre-sale. <laughs> uh, the The rapid release continues. Um, I decided to put Dead of Night and One Fatal Error back into KDP Select. I did say to you that I was going to make them uh, wide, but I'm not going to make them wide yet because, as I said to you last week, I want them to be part of that mega box set that I'm eventually going to publish. So I was just looking at all my dates and I was looking at, I was just looking at how things are to work. And I was thinking, right, well, if I put, if I put Left for Dead in for a book bub, you know, that'll probably get knocked back for a couple of months. Uh, and I might get a book bub in a couple of months. But if I do get a book bub this month, Um, you know the the kind of the 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 decay on that will probably take about three months so i was just again back a back of a fag packet numbers just working things through and it became clear to me that actually dead of night and one fatal error just need to be for sale on kdp select um and actually that i need not to reconsider those until i've done that experiment trying to replicate what john cronshaw is doing so um and by the way just to give John a plug as i keep talking about it the if you want to have a look at that book it's called the raven Gra- raven glass chronicles episodes 1 to 11 of the coming of age epic fantasy that's what john's doing if you want to just see what he's done with that um it's called the raven glass chronicles episodes 1 to 11 of the coming age uh, coming of age epic fantasy so do take a look at that and just see what john's doing and know that that's working very well for him so uh, yeah they're going to go up on kdp select um, and actually what I'm doing with all those standalones is I'm just um without even promoting them because as I said to you, I don't want to spend any money at the moment. I'm not spending uh money on, on email promos at the moment. Um I'm just making them free for a week. They're making whatever sales they make anyway. They're all you know, they all move up the charts when I put them free with no promotion. So I think um I've got a free promo running What's free this week? I've got Friends Who Lie has been running this week. I've got One Last Chance is running next week. I've got Dead of Night running for free the week after. I've just making the most of my free promos, basically, with no particular aim, no particular objective, just to use it up. Um, And so those books, they won't go wide now until I've done my John Cronshaw replication experiment. And then I will consider making them go wide the other thing that I have to do is read Tammy Breck's book I haven't got to that yet um, to see what she says about um, why she says you shouldn't put a paid book live so I, I need to do my kind of homework on that as well so I know that all sounds very complicated but as ever, as ever there is a game plan in my head honestly It does all make perfect sense in my crazy mind. So, um, you know, (laughs) just try and keep up and follow the, there is, there is like a, there is a line of sense through all of this, I hope anyway, but it's all, you know, just me trying different things, trying to make sales, trying to squeeze what we can out of the books that we've got. I did a little bit of maintenance work uh, this week in that I needed to make sure that my paperbacks were linked co- correctly. So I contacted, um, what are they called now? K- whatever they are, KDP Books, Amazon Books. It used to be CreateSpace, whoever the books people are now. And um, interestingly, they hadn't automatically linked my Walker Bay paperbacks with my ebook. So I wrote to them and said, will you please link those books? They've done that now. Um, I've got a couple of stray versions that I need to get rid of I've got a uh, an incorrectly listed uh what's it called the murder place it's in the don't tell meg trilogy I've got one of those I've got a stray paperback there I think it was a cock-up I made when I was probably moving over from create space but it's a stray paperback that isn't linked and I need to just get that removed off my author page because the correct one is linked properly and I've also got a dead of night the first um paperback version version one of dead of night the paperback is still showing in my author rack now i've got the version two is correctly linked to the version two ebook so I need to get rid of that old cover. I need to get that off my author. Now, the book, the books stay live, but unavailable on Amazon, but you don't want old books that aren't available anymore with old covers. You don't want them cluttering up your author page. So it's really just me tidying up, you know, make sure you manage your Amazon author profiles so that they're, they're, they're neat tidying, got all the right books and combinations in. And, um, to be honest with you, they were very quick to link the Walker Bay books, but they'd be dragging their feet, removing the old, that unwanted copy of The Murder Place and the unwanted copy of Dead of Night. I I sent those requests a couple of days ago. I'm still waiting for them to action those, which is a bit annoying, but um, I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. Okay, one last bit of news to tell you this week, and that is that I have bought another Kalytics report. It must be almost a year ago since I bought the last one. But it, this is so important to me in terms of my sales and my strategy and my income that I bought the latest Kalytics mystery thriller suspense report. I got tremendous value from this. They're only, what are they, $39, something like that. And um, I got so much value from that report last time I bought it, which must be around a year ago. It just really gives you great analytical data that tells you which categories that you can put your books in to stand more chance of getting a bestseller or being at number one or certainly high in those charts. Uh, and the data is really quality. It's very easy to get to grips with. It gives you information about the kind of keywords that you should be using. So when that popped up in my Facebook feed at th- $39, I think it was, I just bought it. Um, now, I've, I I tend to buy two reports from Lytics. One of those is, is obviously mystery, thriller and suspense. And last time, I think I got the, whatever it is, dystopian and science fiction one, because those are my two kind of core, um, those are my two core um, outlets for my books. So to me, I just they're just something that I buy. I get so much value from them. Now I haven't gone through it yet, but I'm hoping that I will be able to do that when I get back from part run on Saturday. I'm gonna go through that Kalytics review and see if there's anything there that I need to be changing in my thriller book listings. And basically what I'm looking for is an underserved but high demand category in mystery, thriller and suspense that I can place my books in and hopefully boost my rankings in those charts and therefore increase visibility, um, you know, because it's easier to do so. There's not enough books available, but there's high demand. That's really what I'm looking for in Kalytics. And to be honest with you, you know, if you get two great categories there that you weren't aware of, it's worth the $39 to you uh, just for that. Uh, I do need to review some of my categories too anyway, so it's just very timely to do that. Um that's us, nearly done. Uh, just need to mention Edwin Downwood, who has sent me a tweet with a picture of two beautiful white bunny rabbits on it. And Edwin says, now that Paul Teague is back to a regular podcasting schedule, it's time to send him another cute bunny picture. Edwin, it's always the right time to send me another cute bunny picture. Um, with all the sort of negativity that's on social media, uh, a picture of a fantastic animal always brightens my day. Interestingly, um, a bit slow with this, but um, I have now gone through my Twitter feed to remove. I, I won't tell you what keywords I've I've kind of put in because it will probably give you a hint as to. How I feel about things like, you know, Brexit and the way the politics are going at the moment. But I've gone into my Twitter feed and I, I don't know why I sort of I hadn't done this before. I, maybe I had just sort of hadn't registered it. I, I just seen somebody, somebody else posting on Twitter saying I now no, no longer see all these, this nonsense I don't want to see. But you can go into your Twitter account and I'm just looking at it here, trying to remember where I did it. Is it in privacy? But you can basically filter out all the world words that you don't want to see. And I've f- filtered out a load of political words, and all I'm seeing now is stuff about writing and fun stuff from people that I want to hear from. I'm seeing none of this kind of negative kind of news trolley horrible stuff that I don't want to see so i've just it's just gone completely I've just completely filtered it out. it is brilliant. so all I'm seeing now is nice positive stuff um, on my Twitter feed and stuff about you know writing and internet marketing, the kind of stuff I could never get enough of and Of course, it broke through there as it always will. Uh, Edwin's lovely pictures of (laughs) bunny rabbits. And the more that I get to see, the better. I want to see lovely positive stuff, not negative stuff, on all my social media feeds. So that is it for uh, another diary. Thank you very much for listening. I will have another diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, whatever you're up to in your author career, have a great week of writing. Bye bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's podcast diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.